in conversation with IPR and competition law. India's first exclusive podcast globally in more than 90 countries now, headquartered in London and New Delhi. We invite competition lawyers, academicians, authorities, and enforcers on our podcast to discuss the law, trends, and jurisprudence. I am Aditya Trivedi, founder and head podcast and your host. Let's welcome our esteemed guest for today's episode, Mr. Pablo Trevisa, former commissioner of Argent Petition Commission. Welcome, sir. Ah, uh, thank you very much, Aditya. My pleasure to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Thank you so much, sir. It's a pleasure to host you. of important points that i wish to talk about your profile to the audience that sir is a leading competition lawyer acknowledged of argentina's competition commission he has been, he was the co-author of the argentine competition act 2018 a partner also has been general counsel he worked in london brussels also based in argentina he has been a professor and his main areas have been antitrust and competition law commercial and corporate law mergers and financing capital markets trust and complex litigation and he is an alumni of london school of economics so uh, we are feeling right now to host you and it will be an interesting conversation about uh, global competition law enforcement uh, not only in latin america but also in argentina and also a bit about argentina's competition law as it the podcast will also be exploring previously we have explored uh, colombia's competition law from there so it will be an interesting conversation sir uh, so starting uh, the first question uh, as we india bit of comparative competition law if we touch upon in india first came the competition act of 2002 the authority the regulator which is competition commission of india this differs from argentina where the national commission for competition established prior to the existence of argentine competition law what has been the path of development enforcement in argentine competition sir Well, that, that that's an interesting question, Ari, um, because as as you said, the current Competition Act twenty seven four four two that was enacted in twenty eighteen is the last uh, the current uh, antitrust law that uh, is in effect in Argentina. But let me tell you that Argentina has a, a sort of a centennial history on competition law. Uh, as the first law was enacted exactly a hundred years ago in, in 1923, uh, that was the first antitrust law. Uh, although no authority was created at that time, uh, then there were a couple of, uh, I would say, minor reforms to that law. That initial or first antitrust law of Argentina, in a certain way, uh, followed the past of the Sherman Act in the U.S. Uh, if you read the discussions of uh, the congressmen in Argentina at the beginning of the 20th century i mean 1904 1905 until the enactment of that law 
the discussions were not very different to that those discussions you found in the US before they uh, enacted the Sherman Act in 1890. Um, as I said, there were some minor uh, modifications or reforms to that first uh, antitrust law in Argentina, but the main substantial or the first substantial reform took place in 1980 when, among other things, the CNDC or the Antitrust Authority in Spanish, la Comisión Nacional de Defensa de la Competencia, was created. Uh, and since then, and, and I would like to refer to these issues, uh, the institutional uh, respect or the lack of respect of institutionality in our country, uh, I was saying, uh, although the Commission was created uh, in 1980, Uh, the first president of that commission, the Antitrust Commission in Argentina, was appointed only in 1996. That means 16 years after the creation of the commission. Uh, the first president was Jorge Bogo. Jorge Bogo uh, was a, a very active president and I think he actually uh, deserves some, uh, not only respect, but also As somebody to remember because actually he died uh, recently and he was the first uh, antitrust uh, authority or no, no, I mean the first president of the antitrust authority in our country and as I said that happened only in 1996. Uh, in 1999 we have a, a second let's say substantial reform uh, there was, that was the first intention of the legislators to create an independent authority Uh, but unfortunately, that authority was never appointed. So there was a, in the words of the Supreme Court of Argentina, there was a sort of a legal scandal uh, in the sense of we had in the writing, in the law, in the text of the law, an independent authority. But in reality, we still had the Competition Commission, which is not independent. It, it's, it depends directly from the political appointees of any given government. And then we got, uh, and in that, in that law in 1999, uh, in addition to the creating the independent authority, uh, merger control was in product, in, produced in Argentina. Uh, in 2018, as you've mentioned, uh, the last competition uh, law uh, reform took place. Uh, again, we tried to uh, create a new independent authority. And unfortunately, in 2023, as we speak, Uh, that authority was was not appointed yet. So there's a, a common, uh, let's say, uh, there are some common issues on this, as I mentioned, this lack of institutional respect uh, since the 1980s until recently. And I think for reasons that we may discuss afterwards, we are right now in a sort of a momentum in which having a new government that actually started Uh, last Sunday in Argentina, uh, I think we had a huge opportunity to comply and apply the law as it is in Britain and constitute and create and put in place the independent authority. All right, sir. Thank you so much for your inputs on this. And this has been that uh, we understand the complexities of it. What, as per your opinion, would be required for something to be considered? Also, the, the title of the podcast is "Pitfalls of Antitrust Enforcement." What would what would be considered as a pitfall with respect to anti? Could you specify at what stages of enforcement do these pitfalls occur, and to what extent? Being a former enforcer yourself. 
Well, uh, let, let, let me let me go back to what, what we understand by beautiful. Um, if we go to a British uh, dictionary, uh, it would say that a beautiful is an unexpected, unexpected difficulty or danger or a trap in the form of a concealed pit designed to catch, for example, people or wild animals. So that's the definition of pitfall in, 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 in a few words, I would say it's a difficulty or danger. I think there are a couple of pitfalls that I would definitely identify uh, under Argentinian competition law policy. Uh, and, 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 and as I say this, I, I used to mention this, uh, we would say that it was a view from the trenches when I was a commissioner, but now beyond not being a commissioner anymore i now now i would say that more than ever devil the devil is in the details in that sense so deep pitfalls at least in argentina and this might be common to some other jurisdictions uh, the main pitfall in argentina i would say is the institutional setting for many reasons as i said at the, at the, at the first question uh, in 2018 everything sort of changed but nothing changed in reality because we're not enforcing we're not applying the law as it is in Britain so that institutional setting I think is sort of the Achilles heel of the Argentinian competition law policy and when I mentioned uh, this pitfall or this difficulty or danger of not having the, the, the authority put in place I like to refer to this uh, I don't know if you've heard about Kinsuhi uh, and I like to mention or refer to the Argentinian Kinsuhi uh, Kintsugi is, is an art and a philosophy, a Japanese art and philosophy, on which one thing uh, is broken. Instead of uh, disposing the, the that that what is broken, the the, the Kintsugi, uh, gets all its pieces and get them all together again with a mixture of uh, gold and other uh, other materials. And the, the the thing here is okay. The, the, that that thing broke, uh, and we are uh, sort of, a, let's say, I got mixed here. Uh, we got it repaired, and through those areas in which the gold was put to repair the subject, uh, they say that that subject, that that whatever is broken, is now even more beautiful than before, and not we are not. Uh, getting those breakages uh, out but showing those breakages because we are learning also from those breakages and in that sense I think the main breakage of uh, Argentinian uh, competition law policy history is the lack again the lack of institutional respect um, that that would be in my opinion the main uh, pitfall in Argentina then we can get into the details uh, talking about what the law establishes on how the authority should be and once that uh, authority is put in place some details regarding for example ranks and hierarchies uh, but that might get into too, too many details for, for, for our uh, conversation but uh, another pitfall that I will identify is uh, due process due process in my opinion for any any authority either judicial uh, courts or administrative authorities on competition law, uh, due process is key. Um, in our country, for example, again, Argentina, 
the competition law that in a certain way receives the rights and guarantees that are recognized by our national constitution. So if the law receives those rights and guarantees uh, in order to respect what the constitution orders, it is very important that uh, in order to have an, an, an effective administrative or judicial protection that those rights and guarantees be uh, respected. Um, so in that sense, if you don't have this uh, due process in place, uh, cases might be decided for other reasons other than uh, the legal reasons. Uh, so in, in my opinion, it's essential that the competition authority, any competition authority, has clear internal rules of procedure, for example, uh, in order to allow for a sort of a transparent and orderly operation of that authority, as well as a full respect as I said at the beginning, for the constitutional guarantees of due process. So, it is imperative, in my opinion, that the competition authority has transparent, clear and objective rules that serve in a certain way as a guide and order from the beginning to the end of the procedures carried out by such authority. Um, again, we, we talk about the lack of institutional respect and in the case of Argentina that might be unique uh, if you compare with other authorities uh, for example in South America or Latin America uh, the lack of institutional respect I mean is key but also it's very important to have internal rules of proceeding um, why I'm saying this because the lack of these internal regulations uh, in, it, they could lead to complex obscurantisms and processes stained with lack of transparency and objective order uh, so in addition, uh, the lack, again, of these internal regulations can have as a direct consequence that many tasks, for example, are unnecessarily multiplied between the members of the authority and their teams. That's a situation that, in which, without a clear division, for example, of tasks between the authorities, implies that each of the authorities ends up being, in practice, personally responsible for the instruction of each and every one of the procedures, files, and other actions that are processed by the authority. So, and that that's when I came to my conclusion that this is something I experienced being a commissioner without, without internal rules of proceedings. And that meant that finally, when all the members of the authority claim to be responsible for all the pending proceedings, none is. And I repeat it, when all the members of an authority claim to be responsible for all pending proceedings, none is responsible. So it is very important to have those internal rules. Uh, and again, those internal rules in many cases are also centuries old in every reasonable collegiate body. Uh, in the case of Argentina, we may begin with the Supreme Court of Justice. They have their own internal rules of proceeding. And that is also replicated in all the judicial courts of appeals, the judiciary, uh, and in, 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 sorry, in administrative courts, such as, for example, in our case, the National Tax Court and all the entities created by law. They all have not only a legal framework, but also internal rules of proceedings where details, again, devil is in the details. So that's that's on the, on the macro side, let's say, of the functioning of the authority, but in the micro, for example, they, it can also pose some serious serious problems with the competition authority, both for the authorities, as I said, as well as for the different areas and the respective teams of instructors and personnel, for example, in charge. 
So to instruct a case, to instruct a proceeding, a certain way is to indicate the steps and procedures that might be followed during the proceedings, from the beginning until the conclusion. So there are several ways to correctly instruct a file, but not all of them necessarily provide the same evidence, and not all the tests have the same value or generate the same conviction. So in the absence of that internal regulation, there's a lack of close monitoring of the files by the authority. So files end up being instructed exclusively by line officials. So those are some of the issues. And I've written a couple of works in the past on which could be, in my opinion, the minimal and clear operational guidelines for, for an authority. I, I don't know if you want to get into that detail, but I mean, there are guidelines uh, and they're not uh, rocket science. Uh, you can read the, the guidelines of any Supreme Court or, or important court in any country and you will get what has to be in an internal court or proceeding of an antitrust authority. Those would be, in my opinion, the main pitfalls, at least in Argentina. Very interesting observations and very important with respect to your jurisdiction. We'll get into the details bit by bit, like we'll understand these enforcement point of view, from uh, merger control point of view, from uh, due process point of view. Important observations. My next question is that presently the LDC and for a foreign audience, LDC refers to defense of bit of translation. An LDC is in force since 2018 in Argentina. And what are the major inconsistencies that are the impact of the same on enforcement according to you? Well, again, um, as you said at the beginning, I was one of the, the main authors of uh, drafters of the, the draft bill that finally saw the light of the, the new Competition Act in 2018. Um, I mean, obviously, the law might not be perfect, uh, but I think there are not inconsistencies uh, within the law, but with the enforcement or the application of the law. And, and again, the main inconsistency is uh, the lack of institutional respect, the lack of uh, calling for the public contest and putting in force the competition authority. As I said at the beginning, I think we are in a, in a momentum. It's a, it's a great moment for the new government to finally call for the contest and put in place the independent competition authority in Argentina. Uh, though that, that regarding uh, inconsistencies with the the, the Competition Act. Um, and then we have other issues related, not, not necessarily with the Act or the law itself, but with the uh, decrees that in a certain way ruled the, the Competition Act. And we can go, for example, on, on what I said at the beginning uh, regarding the institutional aspects, like such as the, the, the decree when they regulated the Competition Act, they established different ranks and hierarchies between the uh, members of the tribunal and the so-called secretaries that they will be sort of prosecu the prosecutors both on the side of merger uh, control and conducts. Uh, the law establishes no difference between uh, those members, as I said, the members of the tribunal and the uh, prosecutors. And that was on purpose because uh, if you have within the same body 
those who resolve and those who investigate and those who investigate for whatever reason are on a lower rank or lower hierarchy of those who resolve this the latter i mean the the the, the prosecutors may feel that they have some sort of um, dependency let's say with the the those who resolve and that's not the case again and in, 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 the, in the competition act so that's an inconsistency as, as following your words uh, of the decree not exactly of, of the of the competition act uh, and that could be easily very modified by the current president of the country and as i said uh, started his his uh, his new the new government last sunday uh, with a simple decree uh, abolishing or reforming some of these minor aspects that might have been uh, may, may may not have been seen by many but uh, i see as a, as a huge inconsistency between the act and the decree and then as a consequence the, the enactment or the enforcement of the competition act Uh, and then on, on the merger control side, and I think you have also mentioned, uh, the, 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 the decree also established, in my opinion, some inconsistencies in the sense of, for example, the, the Competition Act has a, the, the spirit and the objective to go to finally go in Argentina to the pre-merger control. Uh, that's a long story in Argentina. As I said at the beginning, we... we We introduced merge control in 1999, uh, but in reality, due to a let's say a bad wording of the act, in in practice, we had an ex post system of uh, merger control since 1999 until today. Uh, in 2018, that meant to change, and finally, and unfortunately, there were some transitional provisions in the act. Uh, Uh, that was approved by the, the Congress that established a sort of a transitional period in which until the independent authority is not put in place, we will continue to have the ex-post merger control system. And that, in my opinion, is nonsense. Uh, and what are the downsides? I don't know what's uh, the word you've used, but I mean, having an ex-post control system, merger control system, uh, it's like unscrambling the eggs. It's very difficult to 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 decide on cases that have already been uh, not only deals that are closed but also consummated or uh, finally it's very difficult to, to, to as I said at scramble the eggs for many reasons that we can decide and discuss the one afterwards but I mean those are in my opinion the main inconsistencies and are not in the act not in the text of the competition act but mainly in the decrees that regulated the Competition Act, uh, as I said, institutional setting and some aspects of merger control. Right. Yes. Just talking a, more about, a bit more about merger control, uh, and what impact does it have on M&A mergers and acquisition transactions? Well, that, that, that's an interesting question because I think it's The definition of, of ancillaries is something that is uh, quite clear globally, or at least in the antitrust community. And I would say that ancillary restraints are sort of essential for certain commercial transactions, and in particular for economic concentrations between different market operators. Uh, but 
in order for those restrictions to competition established under, let's say, an MA, for example, uh, that are brought to the attention of the competition authority to be considered ancillary. And that's when, that's where I think the competition authority has had a sort of a dangerous question in Argentina that we can decide and discuss afterwards. Uh, but I mean, in order to be uh, ancillary or to be considered ancillary, they must be directly linked to the main operation the main transaction be necessary also for such purposes and in accordance with objective guidelines or reasonableness so they need to be linked directly linked necessary and reasonable let's say when we say reasonable we mean related to the geographic scope the relevant market the parties of the transaction and the sort of the temporal extension of the transaction and obviously they must aim at a sorry They must be aimed at ensuring the, the transferred value by said transaction. So, as I said in Argentina in recent years, I, 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 we have been witness of some sort of dangerous case law that was installed by the Competition Authority on, on ancillaries. Um, if you want, I can uh, go even further there. If we analyze the evolution of ancillaries, we can go up to Addison Pipe. Uh, first case the US when in a certain way they defined a difference when an ancillary restraint could be approved or could be reasonable as we said necessary linked to the operation then we had also the evolution of ancillaries in the, in the European Union with the EC uh, merger regulation and cases such as Siemens Arriva Telefonica Portugal Telecom, in which that was also related with a Brazilian case uh, that had an ancillary that affected the, the Spanish and Portuguese markets. Uh, and in that case, the European Commission was very clear, again, identified that, identifying that they needed to be linked, reasonable, necessary, and aiming to uh, preserve the value of the transaction. Uh, there was also another case, uh, Repsol Viesugo in, Sp in Spain. But in Argentina, I, ident I identified in a couple of works that I uh, published uh, some years ago also, three periods. As I said, we have had some sort of competition, uh, merging control, sorry, in Argentina since 1999. Uh, since then until, let's say, approximately 2006, it was a very uh, smooth a reasonable evolution of what we understood by ancillaries, following in a certain way the same uh, concepts, uh, reasonable, linked, uh, necessary, etc. Until a case that, uh, in a certain way, it was, uh, they applied, let's say, a sort of a more objective criteria in the sense of, for example, a temporal extension. It should be not of not more than five years or two years, either you were transferring know-how or only goodwill. Uh, and that, in my opinion, was a, a wrong evolution uh, and, a, and a dangerous uh, evolution again, because in some cases, two years could be okay, three years could be okay, five years, it depends on each case. So until that jurisdiction, uh, that uh, jurisprudence, sorry, of the competition authority was in place, as I said, approximately between 2006 until 2015, in which a case that was decided by the competition authority, the Clarion case, 
uh, in which the authority conditioned uh, a merger uh, that the what the parties have notified was a joint venture that would last 30 years and that joint venture had a non-compete for example clause ancillary of up to two years after the joint venture would have uh, finished so what the commission in that case did was uh, they conditioned the transaction so that the parties should reduce that non-compete to up to not more than five years and actually i was the lawyer of the companies in that case before being a commissioner and uh, we would say hey how come i mean uh, we are notifying a joint venture so while these two companies are partners in that joint venture the non-compete is of the essence so i understand that you want to reduce it for whatever reason but i mean that's not automatically and, I, and as I said at the beginning, it's case by case. And in that case in which you, we were notifying a joint venture with a term of 30 years, during those 30 years, it was of the essence that the parties do not compete in that widget's market. But yes, once the joint venture finishes, it's okay to have a joint uh, non-compete, a limited non-compete. And in, the, in that case, it was two years. So we finally appealed that to the courts and the courts decided uh, in a certain way as we were uh, discussing at the commission with <laughs> there's a, a detail there when when i got the news that the court of appeal had decided that case i was already a commissioner so in a certain way i won the case but i lost the case because i was at that time being a commissioner not anymore uh, a party in that transaction etc etc so since that case that means 2015, 2016 onwards, uh, the the case law evolved also, in my opinion, in a sort of a, I would say, dangerous case law in the sense of the majority of the commission interpreted the, the Clarion case that uh, what they interpreted that what the case said is that if the main transaction is approved, then all ancillaries are approved. The accessories are approved if the principle is approved. And I think that's a wrong interpretation of the law because when we talk about ancillaries, as I said at the beginning, they should be reasonable and necessary. So if you have a transaction that has no effect in the market, for example, and it's not an anti-competitive and you are going to approve, that doesn't mean that you need to approve, for example, a, a, an eternal non-compete or a non-compete of 35 years. If the transaction notified does not need and is not necessary linked or reasonable for that transaction to have an uncompete of 30 something years or a non-solicitation of 30 something years or any of those types of ancillaries uh, confidentiality issues for example that are not necessary linked or reasonable those ancillaries shall not be approved and in the case of Argentina it's different to the case of the EU because in the EU in the European Union, you have in the merger uh, regulations some specific issues on how the authority should deal with these ancillaries. In Argentina, you need to, uh, if you clear, for example, that transaction, but the ancillaries are not uh, reasonable, you may clear the transaction, but say, okay, the, the, the transaction is clear, but these ancillaries, Although they might not be anti-competitive, they might be anti-competitive, but that's another story and you should investigate that uh, on, a, on a different uh, file. Or 
get the parties to modify those ancillaries. But that, that, that's the, the evolution of, of ancillaries in Argentina. Um, and, and I think we, 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 we have covered that uh, question so far. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, we have discussed it well, and uh, I think that the audience will be able to understand this concept. That we can also discuss it in a very different podcast, also, Ancillary Restraints. It's a very interesting. If we talk about a due process, we have discussed it a bit. We have discussed about institutional respect, in, and uh, we have discussed due process, other things in LDC and Argentina's uh, competition law a bit. Briefly about the post ex post assessment of merger remedies, as you also told that it is very difficult to unscramble the deals worldwide for ex anti at least in merger control in antitrust enforcement. There are still debate going on whether to follow ex anti or ex post and then traditional versus digital markets. But in merger remedies, while proposing ex- the challenges attached to it. Firstly, what are the challenges that you see, and secondly, how can the benefits and challenges be an, uh, balanced? Of well, I mean, again, ex post merger control, and this is a very personal opinion. If you will have a, a let's say, a mandatory ex post system, it's better maybe not to have any control whatsoever, or at least have a voluntary system as for example Chile had in the past until recently so having an export system uh, has uh, many dangers uh, as I said not only unscrambling the X is very difficult but also uh, once the transactions are consummated uh, going back it's also very dangerous uh, so in the case of remedies for example um, in, in my opinion, some basic conditions uh, uh, must be met by the merging parties to get the approval of those remedies by the authority. First, it must be effective to prevent the modified concentration, uh, uh, and then they must be suitable with a sufficient degree of certainty to prevent the operation's ability to substantially reduce competition during the entire expected period of duration of that transaction or operation operation um, and they are must also be feasible to implement execute and not less important to monitor and this when I say monitor I mean the ex, I mean the implementation the ex, execution uh, feasibility requires evaluation for example uh, the, ex, the existence of potential buyers that do not generate greater competition risk the possibility of selling an economic unit without losing its value, the time that it will take uh, for its effective implementation, etc., etc. But in the absence of an effect, an effective monitoring mechanism by the authority makes the mitigation measure offered to be a mere declaration of intentions, lacking of any binding force. So I think it's very important not only to have all those effectiveness, suitable feasible to implement and execute but also it's very important that the authorities once once they uh, impose remedies they monitor the evolution Uh, and obviously the the remedies must be proportionate to the problems of 
competition that authority have detected. So, and I, and I want to stress here uh, what, what you mentioned regarding at least an export system that we have in Argentina. Evaluating this monitoring that I mentioned, evaluating the impact and delivery of the interventions is very important, but often it's overlooked uh, as a public, uh, as an aspect of a public policy. So, as the OECD has said in many, in many of its uh, competition uh, congresses and committees and papers, uh, evaluations help policymakers understand what have worked well and what has been less successful in each of these interventions with the remedies. Uh, they provide, a, in my opinion, these evaluations, the basis for continuous improvement and can drive sort of legislative reforms also on policy development if, again, those remedies are monitored, ex post, the imposition of these uh, measures. So, in Argentina, we had had some recent case law. I don't know if you want to go through those cases in which, in my opinion, the remedies were, uh, let's say, either dangerous or my opinion, not well decided. You want me to, to go through some of those cases or, or prefer to? So we can skip the cases. We can maybe do a part two and I'll definitely, I, we are definitely up for it. Perfect. Now, 40 minutes, we can have a con concluding remarks. Uh, my uh, last question. <laughs> As a former commissioner, where does antitrust enforcement stand presently in anti Argentina? Think about it and how you wish to look forward to it. Well, that's a that's a nice question, and, and as I said at the beginning, we are in a momentum right now. Right now, we have had a lot of momentums in the history of antitrust law policy in Argentina, and. Uh, I, I mean we are in a momentum because there has been a change of government, uh, very recent a change of government, actually as I said at the beginning, uh, on Sunday there was a change not only of government but also of the way in which the, the government sees or interprets uh, these uh, areas of the law. Uh, the former government was more interventionist, uh, some talked about populism, the new government it's, uh, comes from um, a new party that is out of, in a certain way, out of nowhere, in the sense of a very completely new uh, political, let's say, party. Uh, and the president was very, very, um, the new president, I mean, was very, very clear on his goals. And uh, if he respects what he said, in the uh, before the elections, uh, he referred to a, a sort of an irrestricted respect of the national constitution. Under the law, everything against the law, nothing. Those are words of his own, and that gives an, an also respect of the liberties, human liberties, economic liberties, uh, private property, etc., etc. So said that. I think, as I said, we are in a momentum in the sense of we might, this might be a chance of finally tackling this institutional uh, lack or lack of institutional respect that I mentioned at the beginning. 
if they call to the public contest, and in my opinion, they should have done that the first day. I don't know if they did it. Maybe as we speak, they are doing it. Uh, and that would be a great chance for Argentina to uh, get back on trace in the sense of uh, avoiding those pitfalls we mentioned. Obviously, it's not the solution to everything. But I mean, if we have an independent authority and respect the, the, the law, Uh, I see a brighter future for the trust uh, policy in Argentina. And again, uh, tackling those pitfalls and uh, having the new authority would also mean that we will finally get, have a pre-merger control and not ex-post-merger control. The authorities will not only be relatively independent of the uh, government, whatever the color of the government might be in the future, Uh, but also they would also have more objective criteria, for example, to be removed and not being subject to a presidential decree any day. So if we, again, if we have that done, having the authority put in place soon, uh, I have a lot of faith and, 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 and expectation on that finally it would be a time in Argentina in which competition law would be a serious public policy uh, as it is introduced or is established under our own uh, national constitution. So uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a tweet or in a nutshell, I think we are in a great moment, a uh, great time in Argentina to make these substantial changes and finally have a brighter future in, in, in competition law policy. Right, so thank you so much for your and thoughts on Argentine competition law and a lot of-